All right, thank you. And I wanted to be sure and say thank you to Pastor Doug for inviting us today and allowing us to come and speak to you. And for Pastor Lance for all of his help today and the rest of your staff. We really appreciate you guys so much. And as Jennifer mentioned, uh, when we first went to Jamaica, you may have recognized on the, the video. Anybody recognize the voice on, the, on our video? All right, it was, it was Walt Troop. I mean, some of you may know the Troops. Walt and Karen are good friends of ours. And they were the ones who actually knew us. And they knew, this is back before we knew Pastor Doug, they told him, and Pastor Doug knew people in Georgia, and that's how we ended up in Jamaica. But here we are today in Fort Worth, Texas, and we're thankful for that. Because in Jamaica, it's pretty warm right now. Uh, it's, this is actually kind of the cool part of the year, but it's still pretty warm. And there are no, uh, if you're in a church today in Jamaica, there are probably no padded seats and definitely no air conditioning. So praise God for air conditioning. Amen. Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah. We, as Jennifer mentioned, we spent uh, five years uh, there uh, living among the people of Jamaica, and we, we loved our time there. Uh, there are an interesting fact about Jamaica is there are more churches per capita in Jamaica than any other country in the world. Isn't that crazy? More churches per capita than any place in the world. And, you know, there there's services usually. The music's very energetic, as you can imagine. Uh the services are long, all right? If we're not meeting for two and a half hours, we haven't really met, uh, at least that. And uh, the, the sermons are always long, usually at least an hour. If you haven't preached an hour, you haven't preached. So what time is it? How much time do I have? I'll try to be under an hour today. And uh, I, I did preach one time in Jamaica, and the pastor got up after me, and I preached like 40 minutes, and he got up and preached another 20 minutes or so. So we got to get that hour. Got to get that hour we haven't met. So anyway, thankfully you won't have to listen to me for an hour today. But what is missing in Jamaica? What is missing here in Fort Worth today? Think about it for a moment. Why, why, why are we not all serving Christ like we should? Why are we not all believers and, and sharing Christ like we should? Today I want to talk about really the why are we here? Why are we taking up space? Why are we taking up oxygen in this world today? What is our purpose in life, right? What is our purpose in life? Now, that's one of those questions that we may have thought about somewhere along the line, but we don't really think about it every day like, why am I here? What is my purpose? But today we're going to think about that a little bit, if you'll, if you'll allow me. Uh, now, we know our purpose is not to get here and just to accumulate more things, right? That's not our purpose. Though sometimes it seems like that. It seems like we're just here to get more stuff, right? How many ways can we experience pleasure in this life, whether it's food or sex or uh, money or whatever it might be, uh, videos or travel or uh, maybe a new car, whatever it might be. I don't know, something else that I haven't mentioned today. But a lot of times it seems like that's where our focus is at. And if I was to look at our, our, uh, our Facebook posts or our, uh, our uh, Twitter posts or uh, maybe our Netflix uh, list of movies, I might think that our priorities are somewhere else than where they need to be, me included. But this morning I want us to look at several different ways that the Bible talks to us about what we're supposed to be doing in this life. The first one 
is found in Micah, in the Old Testament, Micah chapter 6, verse 8. It's one of those verses in the Bible that a lot of people point to. And he says this, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? Here's the key part. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Now, you may have heard a sermon preached on that. We could camp down right here for a few minutes for a long time, the whole hour. The whole time we're here, we could really, really focus in on this. We're not going to do that today, but I want to briefly look at these three ideas, right? The first one, act justly, right? Uh, now, I believe we should act justly. It's one of my, kind of one of my pet peeves when people don't act justly. I know in, in Jamaica, uh, people don't really drive very well. Is that news to anybody? I mean, they just, they just don't. They, uh, and, and of course, I was accused of being uh, Jamaican in the way I drove, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But anyway, but, but it's, it's all based on what's good for me instead of what is the right thing to do. And so I believe that we, we need to practice justice very much so. Uh, someone has defined it as the quality of being impartial or fair. James tells us that we're not supposed to treat other people more special than others. I also believe in mercy, right? We believe in mercy. I hope we believe in mercy. We all need mercy. Mercy doesn't mean letting injustice win, but God's mercy is something that's important for us, right? That's why Jesus came. That's what he did. He showed mercy towards us. And without his mercy, we don't have any chance, do we? So mercy is important. Someone once said, mercy will cost us comfort and time. It will cost us money and status. And it will give us heartache. Oof. Oof. Mercy can be tough. Mercy can be tough. Facing insults without retaliating. Forgiving over and over and over again. Willingly bearing the consequences of someone else's sin. Reaching out to the lonely, the neglected, or the addicted without expecting anything in return. Those are things that we think of when we think of mercy. That's what loving mercy looks like. Excuse me. There's a church uh, on the south side of Fort Worth that I'm familiar with. I have a buddy who's on staff there. And they do a great job of mercy and justice. One of the things they do is they have, every other week, they have a, a food distribution just to, just to people in the community. And it's, and it's huge. I mean, they've been doing it for 20-some-odd years. And, and that's one of the ways that they just show mercy. They just give to people, right? And they're also very involved in uh, reaching out around the world and rescuing people from sex trafficking. Another way that they, they show mercy and justice in that case. That's what we're called to do. We love because he first loved us. We show mercy because God showed mercy to us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those kind of people that, I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm sorry, I have to admit this. I like justice more, right? I like justice more, especially when it, it's not me that's getting the justice, right? When it's you and you that it's getting the justice. That's what I like. I like it when the guy who's speeding gets a ticket. Yeah, but when I get one, eh, not so much. Not so much, right? And so we, we are selective about that. Uh, we're selective. And that's why he throws in the part about humility. Humility is so important for us. Humility is a reminder that I am on the level ground with everyone else. We're all on level ground. That's what humility is talking about here. Well, 
There's three things. What about another place in the Bible where he talks about the great commandment? We all know the great commandment, right? I'm sure every one of us in here could repeat it if I asked you to come up here and tell me. But it's found in Matthew 22. So we're going to read it, so I'm not going to put you on the spot. And it says this, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Love God, right? First one, love God. Yes, we need to love God. It's at the root of everything, right? But we're also called to love our neighbors as ourselves. That one's a little harder. Now, without a right relationship with God, our relationships with each other is not going to be right. And so we understand the problems in the world today because we don't have right relationship with God. So that's where it all starts, right relationship with God. Now, the question we need to answer is do we live according to these two commandments? Do we really love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul? And do we love our neighbors as ourselves? And if we're honest with ourselves this morning, the answer is probably, eh, not so much. Not so much. Right? If we're honest. So, my question today is, where does that leave us? Where does that leave us when we think, when we're, again, we're thinking about our purpose in life, our why are we here Where does that leave us in in this whole equation? I want to submit to you today, and you're going to go, duh, in a second, that our purpose is all of these things and more. I would submit to you today that our purpose is missions. Missions is our mission. Missions is our mission. And you're going, well, of course you're going to say that. Of course you're going to say that because you're a missionary, you know, to Jamaica and to Southern Europe now. And, you know, of course you're going to say missions is our mission. But let me, let me, just say this to you today. Missions does not mean moving to Jamaica. Missions does not mean moving to Southern Europe. Missions can happen right here. Right here. Right in your own home even. Missions can happen. Think about it for a second. Mercy plus justice plus loving God and loving men, I think, equals a heart for missions. A heart for missions. That's what it takes to get us to that place where we have a real heart for missions. Look with me at the passage we all know, the Great Commission. Great Commission. We all know this one. We all we definitely could repeat this one. It's found in Matthew 28. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what is missions? What is missions? Let me list for you three things very quickly that I think missions is. One, it's inviting others to serve the God that we love and who loves us. That sounds pretty simple, right? It's inviting others to serve the God, right, that we love and who loves us. That should be pretty easy to do. Why don't we do that? Let's do that. Let's do number one, all right? Number two, it's reaching out to our communities cross borders, and engaging with diverse cultures to share the good news. Now, uh, Fort Worth has some diverse cultures, right? Not everybody looks like me, hopefully, thankfully. And so we need to reach out across to other people, 
whether it's here, whether it's in Jamaica, wherever it might be, God has called us. That is part of missions, reaching out and engaging with those people, sharing, sharing the good news. That's what God has called us to do, to share the good news. And then thirdly, it's about sharing a life-altering truth that can set hearts free. As we connect with people from all walks of life, we're fulfilling that mission one conversation at a time. You may have noticed in the video there was one of those. that We were just in uh, Southern Europe uh, back in November, and some of, those, some of the shots in the, uh, the video that we had came from that time there. And one of them was the guy I was talking to there uh, from Eritrea, which is in Africa. And, uh, I mean, it's, you know, some of us don't know that. But anyway, uh, it's in Africa. And I was talking to this guy. And, I mean, we had a great conversation. Uh, it was, but, but that's, you know, that's, that's what it's at. That's what missions is. It's having conversations. Now, I will freely admit, a lot of times it's easier to go share with somebody at a camp like that. Because what are they going to do? Where are they going to go, right? You know, they got nowhere to go. They're going to sit and listen to me because they got nothing else to do. Whereas here in Fort Worth, sometimes it's harder. It's harder because people got lots of stuff to do, lots of places to go, lots of things they can fill their time with, and why should they listen to you? But that's our, that's our goal, one conversation at a time. It doesn't have to be getting up and preaching to people. It's talking to people, sharing with them the good news, one conversation at a time. Missions also has a, a more narrow meaning. Uh, and really, if we boil it all down to, it's, it's making disciples of all nations. That's what he says there in, in Matthew. Making disciples. He is assuming in Matthew, and you may have heard this before, that we are already going. We're already in the business every day. But our goal is to make disciples. To make disciples of all nations is our calling. Sharing with people and making disciples. Uh, International Mission Board has a, uh, has a new initiative that you may not have heard about. It's called P3000. And it sounds really robotic or something, but it's actually the, the concept is based on the idea of reaching every nation, presenting the gospel to every people, tribe, and tongue around the world until Jesus comes. And they've identified 3,000 people groups that have not yet been reached. Do you know what a UUPG is? Anybody? UUPG. All right, there it is on the screen. Unreached, unengaged people groups. They've identified 3,000 of these, over 200 in Europe alone. And so part of what we're going to be doing is helping to, to teach, as you saw in the video, teach and, and do some of that. But when we think about missions, it's not just that. It's also here. So really at the heart of missions, again, is, uh, is, is another word I like to use. And that word is sacrifice. Sacrifice. Ooh, another hard word. We don't like sacrifice in America, do we? We like comfort. We like the easy button. We like everything quick. I heard, I heard some guys on the radio this week on sports radio talking about how many times they use like Uber Eats every week. One guy was like, yeah, seven times a week I use Uber Eats. I have food delivered to my home all the time. Another guy's like, what? You know, so that's what we do. We like <clears throat> stuff that's easy. We don't like the idea of sacrifice. 
Hebrews 13 tells us this. It says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Jennifer, can I have some of that water? Um, so notice three things there in that, um, in that verse in Hebrews. It says praise, the sacrifice of praise. And then it says to do good and share with others. Praise, do good, share with others. It involves the idea of us sacrificing for other people. Doing good, sharing with others. Share, share, share. We all know Romans 12, right? Jesus tells us we're to be living sacrifices. Living sacrifices. Do not be conformed to this world. So the essence of the idea of sacrifices is that we're, we're to be willing to offer ourselves to God. Ourselves, our time, our energy, our, everything we are to Him. Again, most of us, doesn't sound very exciting, right? Because why? Because we're, by nature, selfish. Amen? We're selfish. When I was a youth pastor, uh, I used to be accused of my favorite topic of being, uh, well, I used to say sex, love, sex, and dating, but, you know, it was like a joke, you know, "Eh, David's favorite topic. But in reality... My favorite topic was the idea of selflessness, which is kind of synonymous with sacrifice. Selfless. Because why? Because our tendency is to be selfish. I want my stuff. I want my comfort. I want to go eat where I want to go eat. I want to do what I want to do, right? That's the world we live in. We're a very selfish world that we live in today. And God says, no. That you've got it all wrong. That's all backwards. Sacrifice means giving to God whatever he requires of our time and our possessions, our energies to further his kingdom. It's not about us. It's about him. Our willingness to sacrifice really is an indication of how devoted we are to God. It truly is. Selfish, selflessness means setting aside our desires for his. Sometimes it means getting off the couch and going because we have the time and we have and there's a need. Sometimes it means giving of our resources to someone else instead of buying a bigger house or car. Sorry if I'm stepping on somebody's toes there. I have a buddy of mine who uh, recently was telling me about a buddy who's in ministry who was telling me about another guy that we both know in ministry and he said, hey, I ran into so-and-so he goes, like, oh, yeah? And he goes, he goes, yeah. He says, you wouldn't believe what he was driving. I was like, huh, what? And he goes, a Bentley. I went, excuse me? I said, you mean like a $300,000 Bentley? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, at the time, I was in Jamaica, and we had a mission team there. And, and so I, I started relaying this story to some of the men and the pastor of this, this group. And they were there, and I, you know, because I'm one of those kind of people that, I don't, you know, I don't feel like the pastor needs to drive less than, you know, I don't think he needs to drive around an old Volkswagen from 1968. You know, I think the pastor should be able to drive a nice car, live in a nice home, and, 
and, and all those kinds of things and, and uh, shouldn't be penalized for being in ministry necessarily. Uh, and, uh, and so don't get me wrong, but we were having this, then we were having this conversation. I said, I said, you know, I said, I, I just don't, I don't know where the line is. I said, I don't, you know, where, where's the line? And one of the guys, I don't forget this, he said, he said, I don't know where the line is either, but I'm pretty sure Bentley is over the line. All right. So, yeah, I, I say, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Now, I'm not saying all this. This is not about a tithing sermon today. It's not about a giving sermon necessarily today. But it's about what does it mean to be selfless. Selfless. Some of you may know the story of R.G. Letourneau. Uh, we served in Longview for 10 years, and that's where the Letourneau it was from. Gave 90% of his income to the Lord lived off of 10%, 90%. Again, I'm not talking about giving day. I'm talking about living a life of sacrifice. Matthew 16 says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If any woman come after me, you know this, let him what? Deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. It's funny how the Bible verses a lot of times have three things. Three things. Here we are again. Deny himself, take up his cross. And follow me. For whoever would lose his, save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's what God has called us to do. To live a life of sacrifice for others. Missions is really about serving others. It really is. It's about getting out of our comfort zone for the sake of other people. And the problem is, most of us are pretty comfortable. And if I had to guess in a congregation like this today, I would say most of us already know the Lord. We, we love Jesus. We know Him. And we're pretty comfortable in that. The question is, do we love other people? Do we love other people? That's where it comes into. That's where the rubber meets the road. Do we love other people enough to get out of our comfort zone and to share with them? Because it can be kind of scary. It can be kind of scary. Let me close this morning with three what I would call applications for us as we think about living a life on mission. And the first one is this. We need to live each day with eternity in our hearts. Live each day with eternity in our hearts. You say, well, well, what does that mean? I don't, I don't even, that sounds kind of weird. You know, what does that Well, Ecclesiastes, you know where it comes from. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has set eternity in the human heart. Uh, in other words, he set something within every single human being that we know that there's more than just this life. There's more than just this life. If this is it, that would be most miserable, he says. We all know that God has set eternity in our hearts. And the key is we need to learn to live each day, each day, with that in our mind. And that can't be front and center always, but it's there. It's in our mind. And it drives what we do every day, realizing it's in my home. This car I'm driving, nice, not nice, doesn't really matter. It's going to be junk in 10 years. Home where I live, nice, not nice, doesn't really matter ultimately. This isn't my home. We're destined 
for a better place if we know the Lord. And so we need to live each day with eternity in our hearts. Second application I would give to you this morning is this. Do we need to learn to love people more than ourselves? We need to learn to love people more than ourselves. Notice that passage in Hebrews that said, Do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Do not neglect doing good and sharing. It's important. He put it in there for a reason. But let me give you a newsflash today. People are not easy to love. (laughs) Amen? People are not easy. Now, the people that love you, of course, we're not talking about them, but people are not easy to love. I'm not always easy to love. You're not always easy to love. People are not easy to love. I had a buddy of mine, famous quote that's been around for many years, reminded me one time, said, ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people, right? <laughs> ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people. But that's it. We're called to love people. And people are not always easy to love. Our mission is to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. It's about more than just saying words. It's doing things. It's real action. Offering encouragement to someone who's feeling weary. Lending a helping hand to someone in need. Lifting up prayers for those facing challenges. And on and on. Those ripple effects that we make in this world where we're sharing with people. Every conversation doesn't mean doesn't need to be, hey, do you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? You need to come repent right now. No, no, no. no, we don't have to go right to that. But it should be steps in that direction. It should be building that relationship. It should be leading to that. It's caring about other people. And again, I would suggest to you today that missions at its core is basically Jesus calling us to others to others. It's hard. Third and last thing on our list of applications. One, live each day with eternity in our hearts. Secondly, learn to love people more than ourselves. Third, listen to God and obey out of a heart of gratitude. Listen to God and obey out of a heart of gratitude, out of thankfulness. God, thank you for what you've done for me. Because of that, I want to be obedient to what you've called me to do. Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey, we've been talking about sacrifice, but obedience, he says, is even more. Be obedience. That's what missions is all about. Proclaiming this to others around us. Sometimes far away. We're going to be far away. But sometimes it's right here. And the key to that is gratitude, being thankful. What is, how has God blessed you today? And being thankful for that. Let me, let me close this morning with a quote from Bodie Bauckham. Some of you may know Bodie. And very briefly, he just said, you don't get to use him for your purposes. 
He gets to use you for His. He gets to use you for His. That's our calling today. It's allow God to use us for His glory. And we thank God for that as we seek to make disciples of all nations.